0: Today on the Bourbon Bites Podcast, I'm comparing Baker's 13-year-old bourbon with a 13-year-old single barrel pick from Knob Creek, talking about a nation facing a major bourbon shortage and one of Kentucky's top tasters starting her own whiskey brand. Hello everyone and welcome to the Bourbon Vites podcast. I'm your host Clifton and today's episode is super special to me because it is brought to me by two friends of the show who provided the samples for review on two separate occasions unrelated to each other Um, but I thought it would be really fun to compare these two whiskeys. So what I have in front of me is a 13-year-old Baker's Bourbon from Jim Beam from my friend David from Whiskey and My Wedding Ring, as well as a 13 and a half year Knob Creek single barrel pick from my friend Swan. So I thought, what other time am I gonna have a chance to compare two 13-year-old products from Jim Beam, one of my favorite distilleries, and kind of decide, you know, what are the differences between the two, especially the older age statement, which we kind of hardly ever see anymore. And also, this is my first time trying a baker's 13-year-old, so I'm extremely excited for that. But I think it makes the most sense for me to start with my beloved Knob Creek, one of my favorite bourbons. Now, I was lucky enough to get access to some of the 14, 15, and even 16-year-old Knob Creeks um, a couple years ago when those are very prevalent around the area, at least here in Southern California. Um, so this is a pick, like I said, um, that Swan sent along. Of course, my friend Fred also has had a chance to try this one. Uh, this is a 13.5 year pick. It was part of a flight that OBC Kitchen in Kentucky did um, where they had three different whiskeys. One an 11 year, the 13.5, and a 15 year. And this was actually their favorite. So Swan picked up a bottle and sent me a very, very generous sample of that one. Um, So I'm going to start with that one and then give you my thoughts. Of course, they're probably going to be pretty amazing because y'all know I love Knob Creek. Um, But then we're going to do a comparison with the 13-year-old Bakers, which I have a little bit of a, a cheat cheat here to see what the differences between these two are, because they are both coming from the Jim Beam distillery out of Claremont, Kentucky. They actually have the same mash bill, but there is one subtle difference between these two that maybe we'll be able to pick out on the palate. So without further ado, let's go and get that Knob Creek (laughs) poured. So like I said, we're dealing with the same mash bill here, the same barrel entry proof. However, these two whiskies do come off the still at two different proofs that may contribute to the difference in taste. So our beloved Knob Creek comes off the still at 130 proof where Baker's typically comes off the still at 125 proof. So it seems like a very subtle difference, but I'm really excited to see the differences between these two. I have had Baker's before, the the older release as well as the newer single barrel, but that's the seven year, not the 13 year. So I'm gonna get that port at the same time. Uh, But first, let me try Knob Creek. Now this comes in at 120 proof. Uh, which is the standard proof for their single barrel selections. Um, it's also worth mentioning that this is a pick compared to the Baker's. That is not a pick. However, you know, 13 years at the distillery, there's got to be something special about that barrel. They wouldn't have kept it so long. So let's go and give this a nose. Ah, man, everything I love about Knob Creek. That is just such a typical standard nutty kind of flavor profile. One that I've missed because I know that we can't get these older picks anymore. Um, but man, when I when I smell it I just I just fall in love. Now being a 13 and a half year pick, this is a good bit older than the more recent ones that are coming out. So there is a ton of wood on this. It's definitely not a new oak, it's more of a of an older, rich, saturated oak as I often say. And it's just bursting on the nose along with that nuttiness. I mean, this is a very dark, rich bourbon, and I can't wait to take a sip. So I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Cheers. Oh, man, holy moly, is that dark. I forget. (laughs) It's been a minute since I've had one of these older Knob Creek picks. But wow, that is so tannic, like oaky tannins, which I do typically enjoy. I love my bourbons big and bold and oaky and nutty. And this is checking all of those dark boxes. Now, I will say, I remember these being a bit sweeter. Maybe it's just this pick, but there's, there's so much oak and so much dark richness on there that I'm not getting as much of the brown sugar, some of the caramel that I typically get on a Knob Creek. It's nutty, but like a roasted peanut, kind of like a dry, maybe a little salty, but those dry roasted peanuts you get like in a bag Um, none of the sweet, you know, like peanut butter kind of notes or anything like that. This one, like I said, man, this is dark. Which, at 13 and a half years, I mean, obviously you expect that, but wow. I guess it's just been so long since I've had this. And even though this Knob Creek is so dark, there's a bit of like a bright citrus kind of um, sweetness to it. Almost like a candied lemon that kind of leaves you with like a bit of tartness along with that tannic element of the oak. And honestly, I think that's what really makes this Knob Creek pick so unique. To me, it's unlike any other pick I've ever had. I think I was a bit caught off guard by that. That's kind of why I was so surprised by how dark and you know deep this was in flavor. But it, when you look at it a little bit further and take another sip, you really get that bright, um, yeah, like a, like a bit of a citrus tartness to it that really, really complements that dry, dark, oaky flavor. This one, it's just—I mean, if you're having a really rough day and you want something really dark, then then that might be the one to go for. Maybe if you're Alessio on uh, Dungeons and Drams. If y'all aren't yet watching our live streams, we do every Tuesday night. Um, it's so much fun. We do a um, Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Uh, with Jason from the Mash and Drum, Bill from the Whiskey Dick is our Dungeon Master, Ed from the Rock Gut Review is another player, as well as Molly from Hugging the Cactus. We have so much fun for that. There's actually a podcast version of it now, Um, so just search your favorite podcast app for Dungeons and Drams. Um, you'll find that but uh, alessio or jason's character is his big thing he's like he's so dark well this is the bourbon for him because this is one of the darkest bourbons i've ever had this one personally for me is missing a little bit of the sweetness and that's where i'm hoping this baker's brings it back out because my experience with baker's at least the younger ones the younger single barrels it has a bit more of a fruity note to it so i'm really excited to try this 13 year old version of it and you know see how it compares directly with this knob creek because other than like the off the still proof these two are are very very similar. Now the baker's 13 year comes in at 107 proof so it is a little bit lower proof. Um, I only wanted to try the knob creek first because that's my go-to gym beam product, especially at the older ages. Um, But this one is going to be a little bit lower proof, you know, about 13 proof points lower. The MSRP was $100, but again, I saw it one time in a store, but they were charging $150. And I was like, yeah, I'll find it cheaper and never did. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you, David, for the opportunity to try it. So let's go ahead and move on over to the Baker's 13-Year Single Barrel. Um, now, first glance, by the way, I have both of these poured at the same time. The Baker's is a little bit lighter in color. I'm, I'm actually surprised about that. Um, now, it is lower proof. You know, there is a little bit more water added to it, which is most likely contributing to that. But I definitely wasn't expecting it to be so um, different just color-wise. But let's go ahead and give it a nose. Oh, yeah. Wow. Very different. Uh, I kind of was expecting it, but I'm also kind of caught off guard by how different it is. I will still say it has those lovely oaky notes that are there, but this one's to me less nutty. It's more of like a sweeter note. I can't quite place the sweetness on the nose. Um, I've always said, you know, I'm not the best at nosing. I think I really can understand flavors a bit more once I've tried them. But on the nose, I think I'm getting a little bit of that caramel brown sugar sweetness that I kind of thought I would find on the Knob Creek, but maybe that's more of like the younger ones or even some Booker's releases. Um, Yeah, I wasn't getting any of that that sweet caramel kind of vanilla note on the... um, Knob Creek, but uh, let's go ahead and try the Baker's thirteen and get a get a first taste of that one. Cheers. Mmm. Oh wow. Wow. That is so good. I, and this is coming from a knob creek lover. That just caught me off guard with how fruity, how like I, I almost feel like it's rye forward. I'm getting a lot more rye spicy. Even though this is the same mash bill as far as I'm aware. Um all of my charts, you know, link them together. It's the same the same mash bill, but Man, there's a lot more fruitiness, a lot more sweetness. Um, you know, they do age these in different, you know, parts of the Rick House as well. It's not just the the off the still proof. There are other factors that contribute to them being different flavors. But wow, was not expecting this 13 year old Jim Beam produced bourbon to taste like this. This one, to me, it still has the richness and the depth of the 13-year-old Knob Creek, but it doesn't go as dark. It has the oak. I would say the oak is probably equally as dark, but it's definitely a bit toned down. The nuttiness, again, is maybe... I don't want to say nowhere to be found because there's, there's a little hint of it there, as with all Jim Beam products. But there's something about the fact that this has so much influence from this fruitiness this sweetness that to me that screams bakers like i said i've had some of the seven-year-old bakers i've had even some of the eight-year-old single barrels i think i've had the oldest i've had it's like eight years nine months this one though fruity sweet oaky man this is my jam and that's coming from someone that absolutely adores knob creek now this one msrp is a hundred dollars have i found it for that no it came out back in 2019 i've never seen another bottle other than that one that i saw for 150. I would absolutely love if this were a regular on the shelf. Again, hundred dollars. You know, you're getting a 13 year old bourbon. How often can you find a bourbon over the age of 12 years that's that's basically that price? Of course, we got to talk about you know Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, one of my favorite bourbons from my other favorite distillery, uh, Heaven Hill. That one is a 12 year old barrel strength. You know, batch release. Um, there are some single barrels coming out. I know the single barrels of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof that I've seen that are picks, especially are somewhat younger. Some of them are like the 9, 10, 11 year old range. I'm paying around 80 to 90 for those. So for a single barrel Jim Beam 13 year old product for $100 with bakers, I think that's a solid win. Now, again, both of these are wins. Again, the Knob Creek was $60. At least, I don't know about this particular pick again. This is sent to me thankfully for my friend Swan, but if you are a Knob Creek fan, you can often find single barrel picks for around $50 or $60. Now, Nowadays, they're going to be a bit younger than the the, the age statement of you know, 13, 14, 15 years, like we saw a few years ago. But I mean, for the, the price, the proof, those are fantastic. However, if these were the same price, the Knob Creek 13 versus the Baker's 13, I'd have to go with the bakers. I think it's more balanced. I think it's more interesting. It has that fruitiness, that sweetness. It's all these layers of you know age where it comes from, the oakiness, or there's a bit of like a leather note there as well, um, combined with the sweetness, the brown sugar. There's like a bit of a fruitiness there. It's a dark fruit, but I mean it's it's way more balanced. Yeah, the finish is a little bit shorter than the Knob Creek. I think the Knob Creek definitely was the winner there. Um, but overall experience and flavor profile and Um, based on my love of Jim Beam, Baker's 13 has the win here. Like I said, that's based on if these were the same price, you know, the Knob Creek's a good bit cheaper. They're both, they're both winners in their own category. I just don't think these are comparable. I think the, the Baker's 13 year is a step above, significantly above Knob Creek. Now compared to like a Booker's, again, this is like over twice the age of a Booker's about the same price these days. Um, I'll be honest with you. You know last week's podcast i reviewed um, a vintage bookers from 1995 compared to a bookers from 2020 i would take this baker's 13 year over both of those any day for the same price so i know i've been on a little bit of a gem beam kick here but like i said one of my favorite distilleries, so I wanted to share my thoughts with you guys about these two releases. I'm curious to hear if any of you have had either of these. You know, Do you love the older Knob Creeks, you know, the 13, 14, 15-year releases, or do you prefer the younger ones that are coming out now that are you know 9 to 10 years old? Let me know if you want me to come back and try this, you know, older Knob Creek release versus one of the more recent, uh, you know, nine to 10 year old releases. Maybe I prefer the younger ones. I don't know. Never done it side by side. But if that's something you want to see, let me know on our Whiskey and Gaming Lounge Discord server where you can find it bourbonbites.com. We have a channel to discuss all the episodes of the podcast. Um, so really looking forward to your feedback on this episode. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm so glad to try both of these side by side. Bakers gets the win today, but I don't plan on stopping buying Knob Creek. I love them both. I just wish I could get the Bakers 13 um, in 2022 (laughs) for a decent price. So we do have a couple pieces of news here to discuss, one of which was brought to my attention by uh, patrons of the show on our last hangout. Apparently, the nation of New Zealand is having a pretty severe bourbon shortage. Now, of course, you know, we're experiencing a lot of shortages across the world right now with supply chain and things like that. But apparently the supply chain issues, the shipping delays, and a growing popularity of hard liquor, especially bourbon, in New Zealand is really causing such a bottleneck um, on the spirit. So this has been kind of an international issue since 2021, you know, the pandemic kind of shutting things down. Um, But New Zealand seems to be hit hard by this, especially when it comes to bourbon. They say that people were drinking significantly more during the pandemic, which um, right there with them. But they say for months, retailers and especially the customers have been struggling to get some of their favorite brands. Now, in New Zealand and Australia, ready to drink bourbon cocktails are very popular. I know there's quite a few wild turkey ones that are exclusive um, overseas. A lot of those have been hit by the fact that bourbon is hard to get, as well as CO2. They're facing a pretty significant CO2 shortage, which is really hitting the ready-to-drink cocktail industry hard. And we saw how popular those have been rising. I mean, I just did a stream with my friend Brandon where we compared a bunch of different canned cocktails that were, you know, most of them carbonated. So uh, apparently overseas they're having trouble keeping up with the demand. It says this year there was a 22% increase compared to two years ago um, when it comes to the demand for bourbon buyers. People are buying more than 2 million liters of bourbon a year um, in a nation that has only got 3.65 million adults. So (laughs) that's like a pretty big increase compared to previous years. And fun fact, there's also a shortage of chicken nuggets in New Zealand. Um, This is also apparently impacted by the lack of CO2 access. Sounds like one of the major factories down there is under maintenance until August. So they're not able to create their own CO2 and their, their sources are having to be shipped in. And it's a whole mess. So if you want your bourbon and nuggies, you may not want to go to New Zealand anytime soon. But in more positive news, um, this has kind of been talked about on several podcasts and shows. Um, but we have to mention the legend herself, Jackie Zykan, former master taster of Old Forester, is leaving the company to start her own lineup of bourbon. So she's launching Hidden Barn Spirits in collaboration with 5280 Whiskey Society, as well as Neely Family Distillery president Royce Neely. So she's going to be working as the master blender there, which is super exciting. It's going to be a very small team. Um, but I feel like, you know what, this is well-deserved. I mean, let's. she's obviously one of the the best tasters, one of the most prominent, not just women in the Kentucky bourbon industry, but um, just it, she's known as, you know, <laughs> the master taster. Uh, so I'm so excited for her to kind of go on, branch out. She's made such a name for herself at Brown Foreman and Old Forester. I can't wait to see what she does as, you know, a master blender. She's She's been doing quite a bit of that kind of with the, I think it was the 117 series at Old Forester, so she definitely has you know incredible experience she's learned there. Um, but to go on and do her own thing, I think this is the perfect time for her. I think last year that was the first time she ever got her name on a bottle at Old Forester, so she's left her mark figuratively and literally at Old Forester, um, and this seems like a very very exciting move. It says, at Hidden Barn, she'll be focused on tasting and ensuring post-distillation quality, um, similar to the experience she had at Old Forester. She tells Forbes magazine that she's looking forward to transitioning into ownership at Hidden Barn and using her tasting stills to grow a brand on her own. And apparently as early as later this month, Hidden Barn will be releasing their first small-batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Um, It's going to be from the Neely Family Distillery. Now, of course, this is the first release. We don't know how long this has been aging. I have no info on it other than it's going to be a small-batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So, definitely not super young, but still, it makes me excited for things to come. And most of all, congratulations, Jackie. That's such a big move. Not that she's really listening to this, but she might, you never know. Um, Super excited for you. Not just um, for making a name for yourself, but just being a champion for women. In the industry i think you are just a role model inspiration and just an amazing person so congratulations so that does it for this week's episode i know it was very whiskey focused but we're gonna have to throw in some video game references at least uh, next episode thank you all so much for listening if you do want to support the show make sure you follow me on your favorite podcast platform leave me a rating and review if it's available and make sure to tune into my thursday night youtube live streams at youtube.com slash bourbon bites Thank you to all my patrons and Bite Club members over on YouTube. Y'all really make this show possible and couldn't do it without you. So until next time, this has been the Bourbon Bites Podcast. Cheers, and I'll talk to you next episode.